0: Remember, CrossFit works because it's constantly varied functional movements performed at relatively high intensity. What, what's been mistaken from day one of CrossFit is people hear that as constantly varied functional movements performed at maximal intensity. Mm. It is not maximal intensity. So it's not as hard as you possibly can go. That's not the way we train. That's not the way you get fitter and better. Mm -hmm. The way you get fitter and better is by training it relatively, relative to your (laughs) physical and psychological tolerances. So if you're throwing up, you've exceeded that. (laughs) If you're crying afterwards, if you don't want to go back, you've exceeded that. If you're sore for seven days, you've exceeded that. So it's at high intensity. That's what gives us us the potion. That's what gives us the potency. That's what gives us this amazing results from our training program. We are here because
1: we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing, never stopping. Hello, Ben.
0: Hello, Patrick.
1: Almost every episode, I want to say, hello, Benjamin, but I know that's not your name.
0: Right. Which is... I don't think most people know that. Yeah,
1: that's... Is, I don't know how common that is, that Ben is not short for
0: something. It's because I was named after my grandfather, and his nickname was Ben. It wasn't Benjamin. Oh, interesting. His name was Urban, like Urban Meyer.
1: Not heard of that like, either. Uh, that's like really interesting. Keith Urban. Yep. Um,
0: but his nickname, everyone called him Ben. So I was after my grandfather's nickname. you look at that. There you go. All
1: right, today um, we did this a few episodes ago. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a month ago. Uh, the two-minute drill. You asked. Uh, you asked for questions on Instagram. We mm-hmm. got a bunch of really good ones. Um, so I'm I'm pulling questions from that that round again. We will definitely uh, ask for more questions when we run out of these. Um, but we got a bunch of really good ones. So we're going to go through them again. Two-minute drill for uh, those of you who are new uh, is uh, a handful of random questions uh, that I ask you that you attempt to give an answer under two minutes. Love it. Um, you've been getting better at that challenge as the last couple episodes. So shortening the answer, not talking. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) All right. Um, so like I said, the questions are sort of random, but they're, they're all pretty appropriate for, uh, for what we usually talk about. First question is heavy weightlifting or high level gymnastics more important, uh, for everyday crossfitters,
0: heavy weightlifting.
1: Heavy weightlifting.
0: Should I expand? You, I guess I have. I can. guess I have another minute fifty. You've got, you've got
1: some ceiling for that. <laughs> okay.
0: Um. So for some cap, some like disclaimers for that. Um. They asked for heavy weightlifting or high level gymnastics. Right. Okay. Um. And they said for everyday CrossFitters. So, um. If it was fundamental, not heavy and not high level, my answer probably wouldn't have flipped. Mm. So, so if just weightlifting move, or gymnastics. So moving your body through space. Um, the proprioceptiveness and the full range of motion and the coordination required in fundamental level gymnastics, push up, pull up, sit up, squat, handstand, things like that. Um, those would be more important than, cause you can't do the heavy weightlifting without those, but, um, for high level gymnastics. So, um, backflips and pirouettes and, um, um, front freestanding levers and, front levers and yeah. freestanding handstand push-ups versus being able to, um, and heavy is relative, but being able to back squat 400 pounds, being able to deadlift 450, being able to um, press 200 pounds. I would take the strength numbers over the high level gymnastics for an everyday crossfitter because I believe that those transfer to everyday life better than that super high level coordination stuff. It's a really good debate though. Yeah. I'm happy to like debate that and I probably could be convinced otherwise, but just in terms of, um, those kind of like further defining what we're talking about, everyday CrossFitters, heavy lifting, and high level, eh, that would be my answer. Gotcha. Uh,
1: second question. I have four kilos to lose. So obviously this is somebody in Europe. I have four <laughs> kilos
0: to lose better to so do about a- nine pounds.
1: <laughs> yeah. Better to do a strict calorie deficit or focused on balanced macros
0: okay so uh let's put some disclaimers for yep. that so people understand um strict calorie deficit is means just like not eating a lot yep. um whereas macros for people that may that aren't part of the community or the, um with that uh that stands for like um limiting your macro nutri- your macronutrient numbers so what's interesting that is um the answer is going to be depends um but it depends on a couple of things if you want to lose the weight really quickly like just don't eat like you're going to lose if you don't eat for two days you're probably going to lose the four kilos mm-hmm. like that's kind of the way that works now it's not super healthy and you are probably gain it back really quick the other kind of strange thing to this is your macros can be calorie deficit right. so just because you're doing macros doesn't mean that you're not doing calorie deficit so the calorie deficit can be imparted into the macronutrient thing so macronutrients are carbohydrates fat and protein and what, uh, traditionally what a macro diet will do is, um, give you a target number to hit for each of those. For example, a hundred um, 80 pound guy might do 180, uh, 170 grams of, um, protein, um, 200 grams of carbohydrate and 110 grams of, um, of, of fat. Um, and, um from that, you could also do calorie restriction in that. So you just lower all of those numbers. And now you kind of like would be sure to hit those things. But um, macronutrient by itself is not going to give you weight loss. The reason that the weight loss comes from the macronutrients is because it restricts you from overeating. And whether that's overeating certain macronutrients or overeating period is up for debate and probably very individualized. So Uh, the kind of like shorter answer would be deficit if you need to lose it in the next few days, but it's probably not going to be a long, and if you want to lose it a little bit more, um, systematically smartly, it'd be macros. Gotcha.
1: Number three, at an older age, say 50, uh, where would you suggest somebody start if they wanted to work on mobility?
0: uh regardless of age it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter it's whatever the biggest limiting factor for you is so having said that there's three major areas right which is your shoulders your hips and your ankles those are the body kind of runs in um mobility stability cylinders Mm. so think about from the ground up so your first kind of area is your first joint is your ankles you're looking for mobility in your ankles next one's your knees your knees you're looking for stability Next one's your hips. Your hips you're looking for mobility. The next one is your lumbar. Your lumbar you're looking for stability. The next is your thoracic. So you're looking for, and so on. You get the idea, right? Um, So the idea behind that is kind of the three major players are your shoulders, your hips, and your ankles. I would say regardless of age, it doesn't really matter about the age thing in there at all. If you have lack of mobility, where do you start? Whatever um, of those three is the biggest limiting factor for you. now. I don't know how close we're getting to the two minutes, but I'll give you some really quick hitters. Yeah. Is shoulders, focus on overhead. Yeah. You want to be able to... So it's like, well, what about shoulders? Is it like how far I can touch my hands behind yeah. my back? Is it can I touch my hands behind my... One overhead and one behind, like you're taking off your bra and yeah. like that? Is it um, cross arm across your shoulder? Um, is it internal, external rotation? Focus on, can you really well achieve an overhead squat position? For okay. your for your hips, it is, can you get... um ass to ankles in a squat. Can you get full depth in a squat without- Just
1: regular squat uh, uh, width for feet? Yep, so okay. regular
0: air squat. Yep. So like feet outside your shoulders, toes pointed slightly out, one and 11 o'clock, um, dropping down as low as you can. If you cannot achieve, achieve below parallel, um, we have issues. If you, what we wanna be able to do is get your butt to rest on your ankles without losing your lumbar curve. That would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then for your ankles, it's uh, a matter of taking your shoes off, standing in front of a wall, a fist distance from your big toe to the wall without uh letting your heel come off the ground can you touch the wall with your knee am i describing that well Yep. Got okay it. so it's drive your knee forward foot flat can you touch the wall if you can touch from there, your foot being a, a fist distance from your wall that's kind of the pass fail yep. the a plus is like a uh, fist and your thumb extended um to improve those things it's um anything from stretching to mobility work, whatever that might, mm-hmm. self myofascial release to, um, functional range of motion, like squatting, like pressing things over your head, like, um, any of those things that might help. Gotcha.
1: Cool uh fourth one how important are rest days should i listen to my body or do it every thursday and sunday and i think the context for thursday sunday is they're probably a comp trainer um and thursday sunday is just when the program rest days are so the question really is uh if tuesday i'm not feeling good should i rest then or should i wait till thursday
0: yeah um so there's probably two questions there first one is like how important are they right is that the um yeah how
1: important are rest so is? Yeah, yeah so
0: very important yeah your, your body gets stronger you get fitter as you rest and recover when you work out you're actually putting your body in um a deficit you're getting your body worse which makes sense like if you're gonna do um a deadlift 315 pounds your first one is stronger than your second one which is stronger than your 10th one which is stronger than your hundred same thing if you're gonna run um if you run 800 meters, you can hold a certain pace. Right. If you run a mile, it's gonna slow down. If you can run 10 miles, it slows down. If you run 100 miles, it slows down. As you work, your body's breaking down. Only when you rest and recover do you get stronger and fitter faster. So they're incredibly important. Yep. So, answer the first one. So, because they're so important, we're putting out comp train programming or main site does three on, one off. Everyone's got their different protocols yep. for the, what they feel is best for the masses, but it's for the masses, it's not for right. you. I don't know how you recover. I don't know how heavy this workload was for you. I don't know if you're also a bricklayer or if you also are like, you know, when you're not working out, you're getting massage and cryotherapy and all the other stuff. It's like, so the best thing you can do is listen to your body, dot, 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 as long as you're not a, a wimp. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> as long yeah. as you're not like oh i'm sore and yeah. you're just like you're not you're and you not, use that as an excuse yes to not. exactly yeah. now i know that that everyone's like okay so listen to my body and then i say that and they're like oh crap so like how do i know I, yeah how do i know <laughs> that's why you get yourself a really really good coach yeah. got it
1: fifth question how do you measure volume in games athletes programming uh, and whether that's barbell volume conditioning volume etc how do you how do you sort of make sure that you, your athletes are hitting sort of the right, um, the, the right intensity.
0: Okay. So there's, a, there's a, a few things in there. So like, um, in terms of volume, the way we kind of measure that is, um, reps times load, but that's one aspect of it. Cause that's like, that's kind of traditional volume that's like in strength world. It's like, um, Sets times reps times load, right? It's just a math equation. Yep. If you do a five by five at 100 pounds, you're kind of lifting that 2,500 pounds. I think that, that I did that math right. Uh, sure. Okay. So, um, and that's just the volume you're doing. Well, in our world, it's a little bit different, right? Because um, if you do Fran, that's only 90 reps at a very light load, but the time component puts in this other kind of variable which affects recovery and all the other stuff. So that has to be taken into account. The way that I do it is a very macro level before I go to anything else, which is um, each one of my athletes does a, an approximate certain number of session uh, pieces a day. Okay, so they'll do their strength piece, then they'll do some accessory work, then they'll do their gymnastics piece, then they'll do conditioning, then they'll do their endurance work. and are the athletes that can handle a really high level workload will do somewhere around six to eight pieces a day. Whereas the normal person does one, right? Maybe two, you do like, you do your three by five back squat and then you do Helen, Mm -hmm. right? Or you do some um, strict pull-ups and some muscle up work and then you do Fran and you know, you get it. Um, Our elite athletes in the games world are doing, you know more of that six to eight sessions per day. Um, A lower day would be on that four or five, and the higher days are definitely more towards that eight. And I think of each of those pieces and how much are each of those pieces going to take away from the other pieces. So if we're doing something like EVA, Mm -hmm.
1: 150
0: pull-ups, two and a half miles of running, and 150 heavy kettlebell swings, that's going to take a lot out of them if that's one of the pieces, as opposed to if another piece might be like... um, um, five by five kipping deficit handstand pushups. Like that's just not gonna take as much out of them. So you weigh and measure what is the volume loading rep scheme intensity inside of each piece Mm -hmm. and how many pieces are we doing? And together that whole thing builds out the volume protocol for the day and the week and so on. Gotcha. I feel
1: like that could be a whole episode if we wanted to be.
0: That was probably over two minutes. Um, That's
1: fine. Uh, What is your opinion on training so much or so hard that you get sick? And I think the question was sort of... uh, to the classic crossfit pukey i, I you know idea oh, of, of training I, to you okay but if you that's took it just, another if if you think it could be well, taken another way
0: well if it's taken the way i thought then it's like it's a, i don't quite get the question <laughs> so that makes <laughs> way more sense my, let's go with my interpretation okay. then. um um so if you're training so much that you uh throw you're training yeah. so hard that you throw up
1: yeah that's that's how i took the question. okay
0: so it's um it to me it's probably one of a couple different things first is your like that um we see this with a lot of high schoolers and it's be, it's an int- it's a nutrition issue mm. their um their body is rejecting the food that they because because you on the way after school you stop by the drive-through and you got your happy meal on the way to the gym to train you didn't realize you're gonna be doing tabata hill sprints yep. like okay guess what's gonna happen your body's gonna be like get this food out of me i can't deal with this and you're gonna throw up so it's a nutrition issue so fix your nutrition both the timing of it, don't eat within um, 45 minutes of your training session. If you have to because you're starving, make something really easy digestible like a fuel for fire um, or a banana or something like that. Um, Or it's you're literally just training so hard, Mm -hmm. we don't really see this with our super high level athletes, um, but we see it uh, certainly with um, fit people trying to push the limits. to me that they've gone too far. Mm -hmm. So as we said, you get fitter when you recover. Well, if you put yourself in such a deficit that it takes longer for you to recover than you should. Remember, CrossFit works because it's constantly varied functional movements performed at relatively high intensity. What's been mistaken from day one of CrossFit is people hear that as constantly varied functional movements performed at maximal intensity. Mm. It is not maximal intensity, so it's not as hard as you possibly can go. That's not the way we train. That's not the way you get fitter and better. Mm -hmm. The way you get fitter and better is by training it relatively, relative to your (laughs) physical and psychological tolerances. So if you're throwing up, you've exceeded that. (laughs) If you're crying afterwards, if you don't wanna go back, you've exceeded that. If you're sore for seven days, you've exceeded that. So it's at high intensity. That's what's gives us, us the potion. That's what gives us the potency. That's what gives us this amazing results from our training protocol. We don't, the maximal thing is just yeah. like, I don't know where it, it's, it's a, it's a unfortunate misnomer that people have yeah. have taken and run with. um, And I don't think people are calling it out.
1: Right. No. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, also, uh, unrelated but my friend and i used to go to mcdonald's before basketball games and try to eat like seven hamburgers and then and, and then and, and you, i wasn't very good at basketball at <laughs> i think that was why now i'm learning so much um okay uh seventh question how can you differentiate an activity that re- that you really enjoy from one that uh sets you on fire
0: okay um first if um I don't know if you need to unless you're trying to really figure out some really um targeted life stuff yeah. right but otherwise like you love it and you set whether it's, you love it or you set you on fire like you're doing good stuff right but here's the way i would i would do this because if you want to like try and find something that you like truly sets you on fire i know i've talked about this before mm-hmm. um my take on it would be when you're doing the stuff that you enjoy are you thinking about the other thing mm. if you're thinking about the other thing that's the thing that sets you on fire yeah. right so um i realized this when um skiing was my number one passion i went to college where i could ski five days a week and i literally did that i worked on a mountain as a ski instructor during college after college i moved out to lake tahoe so i could then be a ski bum and i came back to boston moved out again to jackson hole so i could be a ski bum a second time because <laughs> i need to get my fill so it was my passion yeah um when i started um, investing my life into coaching and CrossFit, and I started skiing again. When I was on the chairlift, I would be thinking about coaching, I'd be thinking about running my business, and I'd be thinking about getting back to the gym and mm-hmm. working out. And that's when I knew that's what sets me on fire. Yeah. It was this thing that I still enjoyed skiing, still right. really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not, it's I'm, not I'm like thinking, binary. Yeah, I'm thinking about this other thing. Yeah. Before, when I was skiing, Oh, about skating. Man, that's the zone. That's the love. That's <clears> the path. Like there is nothing else. You are in a white room in a vacuum and just, you know, excellence is oozing from your body because you're doing exactly what you love. Mm-hmm. So if you think about other things, um, it's probably not the thing that's setting you on fire. And if you're doing that one thing that you really enjoy, but you never think about anything else while you're doing it, that's probably the thing that does set you on fire.
1: That's a great answer. I like that a lot. Today's episode is brought to you by Noble. I sat down with co-founder Marcus Wilson to talk with him about some of the ways the brand is chasing excellence. Thinking about Noble, thinking about where you guys have been and where you're going. When I ask, you know, what what does chasing excellence mean to you and to the brand, what comes to mind?
2: Noble is a training brand for people who train hard and don't believe in excuses. Excellence to us is creating the best customer experience we possibly can through creating great products by treating our customers the way that we would want to be treated and by telling stories our customers wanna hear. Noble products are not gonna make you run faster or stronger or fitter, that's really up to you. We make products that perform the way that you need them to uh, and that look good. When
1: did you guys first start conceiving of Noble? Was it 2014 or was it 2015?
2: So we launched in 2015. Uh, we started working on it a little bit before, but we've been living and breathing CrossFit and fitness and uh, training you know, all of our lives. Um, so it's been kind of a lifelong passion that has, it sprung out of.
1: So thinking back to those early days, what was sort of the central passion that you and the team was, was chasing in the days before success was likely, before anybody knew what Noble was, before you had a storefront, before you had 30 employees and growing, what was the fire that you guys were stoking? And why were you able to cross that chasm between passion and sort of realizing that passion.
2: So it's very much about excellence in ourselves, you know, as individuals, you know, why we train is to be better, right? So for me, it's about being a better father, a better husband, you know, a better leader. And uh, it's super important. And we encourage everybody on the team to talk about kind of their excellence and what they're trying to improve in. And we encourage it. Um, Here at Noble, we have team workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. One of the code uh, of conduct is like, get out and train whether you're a runner whether you're you want to go for a walk whatever it may be uh, we have an environment that very much promotes health wellness fitness and everybody becoming you know the best version of themselves and that translates so powerfully into a company because then you know if you're taking that outlook on yourself when you're working on a shoe design um Excellence is at the core, and you think about the function and the and the fit and the way that things are going to work. If you're on the marketing team, you think about the story that you're telling and connecting with people in powerful ways about you know being the best version of themselves, trying to inspire.
1: If Noble had a superpower, what would that superpower be, and then how do you think it sort of represents itself on a on a daily basis here?
2: Uh, you know, Noble does not have a superpower, and. For us, it is. We know we don't know everything. Um, we actually embrace that. We're very curious, and we're okay with making mistakes. And we've made a, you know, we've made a lot of them. Uh, we learn from them, and we grow. Um, and we feel like everybody on the team kind of has that same mentality. Like we don't want anybody on the team who thinks they're a superhero. We want everybody on the team who recognizes that they're a work in progress, that they have room for growth, um, because that leads us all to better places.
1: If you want to learn more about Noble, you can do so at nobleproject.com slash chasing. Uh, Eight, hey, do you have any advice for someone transitioning from a six-figure high comfort job to coaching slash business owner? I'm going to assume that they're opening a gym, um, but just that, that general idea from, uh, I don't want to say cushy, but from cushy to uh, sort of the daily grind of, of starting something
0: new. Um. Yeah, and this might surprise him. I would say, um, why are you doing it? Like, yeah. are you sure? Like, are you, so you're saying like high earning and what do they say? Cushy comfort? Yeah. Uh, comfort? Just,
1: yep. High, high, high six figure comfortable job.
0: Okay. Yeah, so
1: lots of money and it's comfortable.
0: Okay. Um, so I would say like, um, just be weary of turning something that you enjoy into something that you might not enjoy. Yeah. Um, so right now you have this um, comfortable thing. I, I don't, maybe you don't enjoy it, but it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're like, I, I'm really passionate about working out. Um, but you might turn that into thing that you don't enjoy. I've seen this where you don't enjoy it that much. Now, maybe it's the type of person that's like, I don't like comfort. I don't like, I want to right. be challenged. I want to be pushed. I want... I want that, the daily grind, I want that. Okay, so for me, that would be a different answer. Um, But the first thing I would ask is like, make sure you really want to do this. It's not because you enjoy the hobby, right? because if that's the case, like keep it the hobby. Like, um, just because you like golf doesn't mean you should own a golf course. Mm -hmm. Just because you like food doesn't mean you should open up a restaurant. Like, keep those joys, your joys. You like going to the gym, it's your sanctuary. It's where you can get away from everything else. Well, if you open a gym, that is your everything else. You don't get to get away from things anymore. Yeah. If you, um, if you, um, if you have decided that this is something that you're passionate about, your life happiness kind of like rise, resides in this. And um, then my suggestion would be check out Ben Bergeron's Business of Excellence seminar. Mm, for sure. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, I would I would listen to this podcast. We talk a lot about um, excellence. We talk a lot about how to run affiliate. Um, and then I would uh, reach out and. Um, Try to make it to one of the seminars. I I because this is basically I, everything I'm, I could possibly give you yeah. for advice. That's where I give it. Yeah, for sure.
1: The one the one thing that I thought about when reading that was whether it would be possible or smart to, before you change everything, change your lifestyle in such a way that you're living as though you are now running a gym, and not as though you your life is uh, you know high six figures in, in terms of just like understand what the sacrifices are going to be. Before you actually go and fully commit to mm-hmm. what that life looks like. Right. Cause that, that to me is, I think probably as big a challenge as anything is like transitioning
0: from, you're talking about like from the, from the income stream level. Yeah.
1: You, yeah. Like yeah. what is your, like, what is your lifestyle looks like? How, you know, where do you live? How yeah. Do you it's end? also
0: like, is that, a, if that's a really comfortable job, are you making, you know, a really, really solid living working nine to five. Yep. Okay. And do you have a couple of kids yep. and you also coach soccer? Well, I, th- I think that we've talked about enough on this, but being an entrepreneur is, is not the nine to five. Right. You know, I, there's that saying, which is entrepreneurs, are the only people that will, um, um, give up working 40 hours <laughs> a week to, to work 80, to work 80 hours <laughs> a week. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, if, you know, working 40 hours a week for somebody else to work 80 hours a week for themselves.
1: Yeah. And to make sure that, that, you know, that, that comfort or that comfortable end of it isn't, um, that you're okay with not being comfortable anymore. Cause that's, that's what you're right. signing up yeah, for yeah, is, yeah, to, that's a is good point. to be yeah, uncomfortable should,
0: for a yeah. while. Yep. Um, okay. Where but at the are? same time, I want to give props to the person that like, hell yeah. It's yeah, a no, big no, leap not and they, they it. it's yeah. not, I don't want to like scare people away from it. This is what, this is part of my living is helping people to make that transition. Um, and I love people like that, right? Yep. Like that's a, that's a really cool question because it's a, um, it's a really cool person that's asking right, that. Totally.
1: Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, ninth question is the rower or concept to bike better in a class setting
0: okay um i don't even need to have to classify it in a class setting because it's sure. uh but i think that i think inter- my guess
1: is probably they were considering like s- yeah it's probably buying yeah so if print, i'm gonna buy print, five yeah. of them to run out, how useful of, is yeah. one versus another yeah.
0: okay so um i would terms of it in terms of uh so when i think about that it's um the functionality of the movement yep right so functionality has a lot of ca- defining characteristics right there they're natural like they're not invented like like the PEC deck yep. and at the, at the gym that's invented. Like no one, no one, no, no nobody on the construction site oh, yeah, right. on the construction site, <laughs> but nowhere in like sport or life do you see yeah. people kind of like doing that motion, yep. you know, um, dancing, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so they're, they're, um, they're natural. They're essential. Meaning that if you don't have these functional movements, you lose capacity to everyday life. Um, they're found everywhere. Universal motor recruitment patterns. Um, and, um, the, but the defining characteristic that matters the most is that they, uh, move large loads, large distance quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the bike versus the rower, I'm not talking about like, if you were on a rower, or you're on a bike, like, and you were to go for, you know, 10 minutes, which one would go farther, literally think about which one, which is a bigger range of motion for your body. Right. So that matters. Right. So, um, one, the bike is lower body only right? And it is a very small range of motion. Mm-hmm. Now, can you produce a lot of power through that? Yeah, you can, right? But you can produce a lot of power through like little quarter squats, but we choose to do full squats because it's a bigger range of motion and more functional because of that. Whereas a rower, it's your total body, it's core, to extremity, right? You're driving with your legs, then leaning back, then pulling with your arms. There's more coordination involved in rowing mm-hmm. where the bike is a fixed movement pattern. So what I'm getting at is one moves large, low, large distance quickly, whereas the other one does not as much. The one involves bigger range of motion than the other. Um, one is core to extremity where the other is only lower body. So my long answer to that is the rower is a better means to overall fitness than biking would be biking still has its place. But if I had to choose one over the other, I choose the rower. Which one is gonna make you better at fitness? Which one's gonna make you better at cleans and snatches and pull-ups and thrusters and? the rower will have more transferability. Yeah. The only, given that
1: context, the only benefit I think that the bike seems to have is that it's much simpler in terms of movement patterns. So there's
0: no... So that's another reason in a class not to do it. Okay. Because what you want to be able to do is teach people the right movement patterns that will translate to everyday life. So if you're... Because otherwise what we do is be like, okay, let's not do squats. Let's get leg presses. Right. Right? And it's like, imagine if we had had 20 leg presses in the gym. (laughs) A whole different gym. (laughs) Yeah. <clears throat> okay
1: uh what is your snatch pr
0: uh 200 pounds
1: when did you when did you do that
0: uh, a, li- <laughs> a lifetime ago uh i my, probably like 2011 2010 yeah yeah
1: i had a period uh, i mine is i think 205 and it was at this very strange period where i was doing split snatches which oh wow are, is the most fun movement you could possibly yeah, do no. if even if everybody looks it's so at you, like, you're crazy. aggressive. Yeah. It's so like, so yeah. Much fun. yeah. Uh, okay. 11. Uh, how do you handle negative opinions on social media? And I know we've talked about that a little bit with that episode on, on vulnerability, but mm. still interesting.
0: Okay. Um, well, with the discussion I had with you a few weeks ago, it, it's changed. Mm. Um, or actually I should say it changed, but you helped me reframe it even better. So, um, my, if you had asked me that a year ago, I would have said, I don't know about negative comments on social media because I don't read them. Right. And it, I didn't read them because I didn't want um, some outside force to disrupt my inner peace. Right. Um, I felt like I could control certain things. And what I figured out back then was if I have 100 comments and 99 are positive and one troll says something bad, I... I the 99 disappear completely and I fixate on the one mm-hmm. for weeks and I can't get rid of it in my head yep. um so I was like well, this is insane <laughs> so I stopped reading comments altogether yeah. and I did that for a long time I in my head it's years but I don't know what it is right. um um some I I reframed that a little bit and got into reading comments a little more as I found out the the power of engaging with the community, engaging with other people, and realizing that this is the business norm of today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look at it as a negative, I looked at it as a positive and opportunity. And um, the negatives are still there sometimes and they still hurt sometimes, but I love the way that you framed it. I think you got it from somebody else. Yeah, I got
1: it from our, our friend Ian.
0: Which is if if people are commenting negatively what that means is you've expanded past your your bubble if 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 it's only your um your family that if it's only your best friends your family that follow you you're not going to have any bad right. things right well if, it, if you get a little more following and now you have friends families and people uh, that are interested and like you and trust you and want to um emulate you and stuff like that then okay then it's a little bit bigger but maybe you might get it and then you get to as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, um, it's almost like be, the ability to get negative comments is like a notch in your belt, like mm-hmm. you've gotten somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. the way I think about it is you've broken through the algorithm. You've
0: broken <laughs> through the algorithm, exactly. It's not, um, or the algorithm is now like, I don't know how, but it's working the way it's supposed to work. Right. You are getting more organic reach, or maybe I'm sorry, organic story right organic you're getting more reach than you would have otherwise and you're getting the following where it's not just the diehards, it's the peoples on the fringes that are now coming and yep. commenting and engaging as well. Yep. So it's a positive. Yep. Negative comments are a positive and a telltale sign that you're doing something well.
1: Right. Uh, da, 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 da. When was the last time you had to slap the complaint bracelet? Um, Maybe so, a little context to what the, yeah,
0: exactly. I was just going to do that. So we have a, um, uh, a, a, a white bracelet that we all wear. Um, it's a complaint bracelet that if you complain, um, you snap it to like make you aware that you're, um, complaining. Yep. So we have a threefold, uh, uh, rule, which is never whine, never complain to make excuses. If you break one of those, you snap the bracelets, bring awareness to, ah, I'm doing it right now. Let's not fall in that perpetual, uh, slippery slope of created that contagious disease of complaining and drama. So it's a way to crack um, and stop. It's a vaccine against that wow. stuff. Um, so the last time I had to do it, um, I just got back from um, Africa, mm-hmm. um, um, South Africa. And while I was there, um, there's three nights in a row where it was just really hot. Hmm. Um, And uh, whether it was jet lag or um, I was unable to, for three nights in a row, I didn't sleep more than uh, three and a half hours consistently across all three nights. So, um, and then the third night, um, I actually um, got 17 massive mosquito bites on my face <laughs> I mean it was insane they were the itchiest things ever and there was mm-hmm. in your ear and, um, so the lights were on and I'm like hunting them down it got so bad like it was you know 3 15 in the morning but it's you know seven or eight o'clock back home yeah. so I actually facetimed Heather yeah. at three in the morning for an hour just to like um, I watched a couple movies at night and I didn't sleep at all that oh, night yeah. so that morning i talked about the badness of the night yeah um and that's when i was complaining (laughs) um i was also there coaching and training a couple athletes um and i was trying really hard not to um bring my drama and my Mm -hmm. issues to them yep um but i did (laughs) (laughs) i'm not that i'm not i can only be so strong
1: yeah i'm messing with sleep that'll that'll bring out the worst in people
0: it uh it it I, I figured out like I'm, I'm not good with three things. I'm not good with being tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with being hungry, um, unless I know I'm going to be hungry. If it's planned mm, and like that's interesting, yeah. I'm okay. If it's like, hey, I'm not going to eat until like a fast or something like yep. that, which I've done, um, I'm okay with that. But if it's like um, I, I'm supposed to eat and it's like it's there <laughs> and I can't or something yeah. like that, I'm not good with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, other people complaining, I, I. I fall apart. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, that, yeah that's hate tough. it. And um, um, the, the biggest one is being late. Mm. I You m- being late or
1: other people being late and you have No, to no, me being you late. Being late. Yeah.
0: I um, I can't. I, I really don't feel good about being late. Yeah. So those are the kind of situations like I'll clam up, I'll change who I am.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the not eating thing, one thing that I found, because I do a lot of sort of intermittent fasting, one thing I found that by doing that, um, when the days happen where like food isn't happening, like I'm less angry because I'm, it's just, I'm sort of normalized to it. Yeah. Even on the days that I, yeah. that are sort of unexpectedly absent yeah. of food. Um, but I hear you on everything else. Um, the worst
0: is when like you're running late for dinner when you're hungry and someone else is complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i should yes. say the word i hate people when people. i should say the hate, worst I, the worst the worst I, that's a big pet peeve of mine when yeah. people say oh that's the worst yeah. it's like that's so far from yeah. the worst I also, can say, you like literally let's visualize yeah, what the worst we is come up the
1: worst i have the same thing about when people i don't say, even know if I we hate. could
0: co- i don't even know if we could come up with the worst like try no, to visualize what God. the worst is it's just there's going to be something being worse dead. it no being dead like somebody not the else worst. Being dead. there's there's lots of things that are way worse than being dead that's
1: true that's another episode <laughs> things worse being than being dead uh does traditional bodybuilding have a role in crossfit training um dave lipson would say yes
0: well it's so again it's going to be a cap it's going to be depends are we talking about crossfit training for who right um so I, first so my answer would be yes like does it have a role does that mean like kind of could it have a space somewhere yep. anywhere yes um, and the role it should play is, um, if you need to, um, so bodybuilding, the purpose of bodybuilding is muscle hypertrophy, mm-hmm. which is increasing the size of a muscle. So if you really have an athlete that needs to get bigger and you know, let's say that you have a, um, a, a, a guy, um, so good example, Chris Spieler, I used to train Chris Spieler. Yep. We used to do bodybuilding stuff with Chris because Chris was, I, mean, I, I think I'm going to, I want to say, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm saying the number in my head, and it's so ridiculous that I it can't be true. <laughs> it
1: can't feel right.
0: I, it's it was either the 120s or 130s. and I my head. I think
1: it was one, like one thirty five, if I remember.
0: So I think he walked around at one thirty five. Okay. Um, but he wouldn't weigh himself because he didn't want to get down and depressed. Mm. Um, so he weighed himself after his last CrossFit Games, and I think he weighed 129 Ooh. think about that so ask him to push a 500 pound sled like he needs to get bigger he needs mass so for him we did bodybuilding stuff so yeah. there's a, definitely is there a place for it absolutely um if you're looking for aesthetics that's what bodybuilding is i mean the word says it yep. you're building your body um if there's some sort of deficiency, it can help out with creating hypertrophy around a muscle. Bigger muscles don't mean stronger muscles, but bigger muscles have the potential mm-hmm. to be stronger muscles because there's more cross filament fibers and all the other stuff. So there is a place for it, but it's not a place for everybody. And mm-hmm. not everybody should be doing it. But because you're doing it doesn't mean you're not, you're, you're doing something wrong.
1: Right. Gotcha Okay, last question uh, as an athlete, should I split up my strength and endurance training during the day?
0: Okay, so I'd ha- I need to know a yeah. little bit more information. Yeah. Um, so um, so my first answer to that would be like no, CrossFit is putting those two things together. Mm-hmm. That's why CrossFit works. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm gonna do my bench press and my squats and then go downstairs in the gym and jump on a treadmill for 45 minutes or even what other people do is Monday, Wednesday, Friday right. is my body part splits, and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is my cardio. Um, so it's not about the thing that makes CrossFit potent and why we get results is because we combine, we lift at high heart rates. And um, that's what elicits these amazing responses and this amazing physiques and everything else. Um, so my first kind of answer would that be like, um, you shouldn't be splitting them up at all. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a competitor, right. I get it. And competitor also does additional strength work and additional endurance work. And then if that's the the where the question's coming from, then I would the answer to me, the answer would be yes. The more you can space those out, the better. Mm-hmm. The more you can space out everything, the better. So um, Presumably
1: because you're recovering more between each one. And then exactly. Yeah.
0: Yep. So, um, kind of like imagine running, um, 10 miles, right. And what's the quality of those miles in miles, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, mm-hmm. as opposed to let's run 10 miles every hour on the hour. Right. Yep. And now it's like those quality goes way up. So now most people don't do that because that doesn't work in everyday life. Right. So if you have the, ability to break up the training session as much as possible, you're going to get more out of that as long as you're leaving enough time for recovery on the back end. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone's going to do um, some endurance work in the morning, we're going to do an hour of intervals or 30 minutes of interval work at the track or on an air bike. And then um, you're going to go to work or you're going to go to school or you're going to go do something else. And then you're going to come back in the afternoon and do some strength work that's better than pushing both those into like a three-hour session. Gotcha.
1: Okay, awesome. That was fun. And uh, I think we're probably a little over two minutes each one, but, huh. but still good.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Pat.
1: Thank you once again to today's sponsor, Noble. Visit nobleproject.com slash chasing to sign up for early access to new products. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time.